Welcome to The Ignition Point. This is Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast where we talk about what makes CBA special. Every day at CBA, we work to help students be problem solvers, critical thinkers, collaborators, and using our lifelong guidelines and life skills. We've been talking about relationships this whole series, and today I've got a special guest with me, Josh Counts. He is our PE teacher, I guess would be the right title. That's right, preschool through eighth grade. And so we are excited to have him with us today. So welcome, Josh. Thank you, glad to be here. And we're just gonna jump right into it. Like I said, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about how relationships impact students. Looking at how students are building relationships with teachers, and as they progress, we know that that importance changes about middle school, and it's good because you actually have the elementary, well, preschool, Mm -hmm. elementary, and then middle school, and that relationship changes from focus to the adults in my life to focusing on their peers and how my relationship with those peers either is good or not good. Yeah. And so as we deal with students, if it's not good, you know, that may create problems, but hopefully they're creating good, positive relationships with their peers. In related arts, in NPE and gym class, what are some ways that you build relationships, be it with students where it's that student teacher or between students in your class? Yeah, uh, so I basically do it through, I start with sense of humor, kind of as an icebreaker just to get the kids like comfortable with me. Then I transition into intentional conversations. So if you come to my class, there's a it's very rare that I start a class serious or normal, uh, if you will. I usually, I mean, I have wigs. Sometimes I'll show up <laughs> as Coach Bill E. Bob. Um, nice. Exactly, have, have a mullet on, and sometimes I hide under the bleachers and I'll be uh, just surprise the kids and stuff like that. So uh, one time I was pretending like I was asleep on the floor. So it just gets them <laughs> to come in and then whether they didn't have a good day beforehand or whatever, they come in and they're like, they forget about it because Coach Council is being a fool over here. So that's where I start. I try not to take myself too seriously, always acting like a fool, telling dad jokes. And then from that, the, I feel like it makes me become more approachable. And so then I can start to develop the relationships. And you said, like you said earlier, there's a very clear transition from being important to have a relationship with the adults in my life to now it's shifted to the, uh, my peers. And so I get the pleasure of seeing that because I have, like I said, preschool all the way through eighth grade. And yeah. so I, I really try to break the ice with sense of humor with them and then I can start to have intentional conversations with them. And then with my classes, I just try to gear, we always start the uh, semester off with team building games or something that they have to interact with their peers and they have to work together and all that stuff. And so that's kind of what I do in PE class. It's really exciting to walk into a PE class and see all of the things that you guys have are doing. and. You mentioned that intentional conversation, and when I hear that word, we we look at everything we do at CBA as being with intention. And so from from the things that we're putting in our classrooms to the way that we paint our walls to 
the stuff that we have in our classrooms, be it comfortable seating or, or whatever may be the case. And gym class is a little different because yeah. it's in a gymnasium, you know, for mm -hmm. one. So when you're thinking about the intention of relationships, intentional conversations, how do you set that up to where kids feel safe in a gymnasium? I mean, this is a big space, you know, in a classroom, we can kind of close it down a little bit. We can sit on the rug or we can have that comfortable seating. In the gymnasium, how are you providing that kind of safe place where I can take risk, but yet I feel good about if I fail, I know that I'm supported and, and recognize that failure is part of life. And I know that's something that you teach kids, that Absolutely. failure is part of life. Uh, you know, everybody doesn't win. Right. So what are some things that you do to create that environment where it's okay, one, that I didn't win, or it's okay to take risk because, you know, things you're going to ask kids to do for some is going to be very uncomfortable. Right. And I think that relationship is a huge part of that. So what are some things that you do with intention? Maybe it's early on, or maybe as the kids are progressing, ways that you kind of introduce that risk or ways that you support that risk to build that relationship that they feel they feel okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Again, I kind of take it back to the whole sense of humor thing. Uh, we talk about early on, like the learning process is the same whether you're in math class, whether you're learning to ride a bike, or if you're in PE class, it looks almost identical. Uh, you try something most of the time you don't get it the first time you fail you mess up you learn from it well i guess you get two options at that point you can either quit right. and be done with it or you can figure out what went wrong and then adjust and then learn from it and so i use that all the time i always talk about riding a bike uh, with my students like our first quarter it's all about perseverance. You win some, you lose some. And we always start with talking about how do you learn how to ride a bike? If they're preschoolers, they don't know yet, so we don't really use that analogy. Once I get to like third grade, this is when I start talking about this. And we talk about you start riding, you make it a few feet, fall over, you figure out what went, went, what went wrong, and then you try to go a little bit further the next time. And then I try to relate that back to PE class. We're gonna be playing all different kinds of sports. Uh, you might be a fantastic basketball player. I might not be, and then, but I might be really good at another sport, and you might not be. So then we can help each other uh, during that. And so that's kind of where I start it, and then I always go back to the sense of humor part where I always tell them when we're doing a hula hooping thing, coach counts still cannot hula hoop <laughs> to this day. But when we're trying to learn how to hula hoop, you better believe I'm out there shaking my hips around trying to figure out how to make this thing work and every now and then i'll get it and think that i got it and then i i still can't do it so but i keep trying and that's what i try to uh do it and then sometimes i'll even show the kids i'm like I, I promise you i'm not making this up i can't figure it out and then i have a little kindergartner that can hula hoop for 14 minutes over here so that's kind of uh the way i break it down and approach it through sense of humor and then just that's something that we have to learn. That is something we have to learn is to try, fail, and try again. You know, that's really an important life lesson um, of when we fail, we have that choice to make. Either we quit this and never mm -hmm. come back to it. And, and as an adult, there are things that I either failed once and quit or I failed enough times that I said, you know what, this just is not my thing. And, mm -hmm. and I could have walked away from it too early and I could have missed the opportunity to learn how to do something. Right. Uh, that may have been a lot of fun. When you're looking at designing your curriculum and you 
uh, like all of our teachers here, are teaching with a thematic unit, um, conceptual learning, connecting up maybe something that they've learned before, especially if you've had the kid for two, three, four years. It's kind of a, a cool element of what, the way our related arts teachers see the kids because they see them year after year after year, yeah. whereas our uh, classroom teachers, our core content, they, they're looking at a kid that they will see for a school year, and then they won't really have that kid back in class. Right. And so you're able to maybe connect things that, that would be harder for a classroom teacher to connect because you remember them as a kindergartner and you would be able to have that specific conversation of remember when you didn't do this well, right. but we kept trying and then you did it well and helping them see that. But what what's a way that you design your curriculum with relationship in mind, still continuing to try to build those strong relationships, even though maybe we're learning how to play basketball or we're learning how to do disc golf or yeah. we're learning how to hula hoop what are what are some things that you're thinking about while you're designing curriculum what you're talking about is like we all have this year-long thing and um, I'm actually in the middle of tweaking mine right now to changing it from well I'm keeping most of it because right it's been really good for building relationships and helping that the way it flows but uh, I'm right now switching it to where it's going to be mainly focused on this whole cooperation kind of thing basically like we are greater than me kind of deal okay. and how all or not all sports but a lot of sports are built around a team and you can't play this game without a team and so with my elementary kids we we focus a lot on the skills part of it and then we do some games where we have to play together and we have to work together and stuff like that but it's mainly geared towards learning the skills that we're in need. But once we get into middle school, we saw that we see that shift again. Right. Where now they're really wanting to know each other. They're really wanting to build relationships together, not so much with me as much. Well, I like to think they just don't like to admit it, but we're, <laughs> we still have a tight bond. But their friends become a lot more important. And so now all my games are really team games. It's it's where I mean we'll still do some skill building, uh, but we we definitely play team sports in middle school where and I don't let them pick teams. Uh, that's one thing that I've uh, done intentionally because I never nobody ever wants to be the last person picked kind of right. deal, and so I split them up randomly. I'll methodically split them up as well, make sure it's not going to be loaded on one side. Uh, but I don't like to let them pick their teams because I think that another really important skill is that they have to work with, learn to work with anyone. Because uh, when you get in the job world, in the work world, you don't get to pick your coworkers, uh, but you have to work together uh, if you want to keep that job at least. And that's, so that's true. Yeah, and so we and we talk about that with middle schoolers. They're old enough that they know that, and they're like, "Why can't we do the schoolyard pick?" And I'm like, "Because when you get a job someday, you don't pick your." co-workers uh, maybe unless you're the boss and maybe that's a motivation for them to be the boss someday right and so that's kind of uh, what we do with that that's a really cool way to think about something as simple as you know playing on the team you were on I think back to whenever I was in middle school or, or even elementary you know we probably did like the the schoolyard pick yeah. you know and and it's okay for everybody that is wanted right but when you're not wanted yeah that can be a little traumatic uh, experience that people probably don't forget right 
whenever you've got a kid in class, uh, and maybe it would be one that, that wouldn't be wanted on a team, a kid that you know that, that sports is not their thing. With one of my kids, that we, we, we joke about that she's just not good at sports ball. Um, <laughs> but it's anything related to sports, it seems like she struggles with. But when you've got a kid in class that you know PE is just not their thing, and you know that they would rather sit there on the sidelines and yeah. not participate, what are some things and strategies, what are some ways that you help them get that confidence? Because when I walk in the gym class, I don't see kids sitting on the sidelines. No, I really want them to enjoy moving. And so from the very beginning, I always stress with them that I will never grade them on performance of a sport. They are only graded on their effort and their attitude. And so, and I, I mean, again, going to the work world, like that's a very important skill to have as well like it doesn't matter what sport we're learning what game we're doing that day like if they show up have good effort good attitude they're going to do perfectly fine in my class and for a lot of kids that's like a sigh of relief I'm like yeah because if I got graded on hula hooping I would fail PE class right (laughs) and and that's not fair and so just kind of making sure that I guess absence of threat is gone that they don't have to worry about oh he doesn't care if I miss every single shot in basketball as long as I'm giving it 100% so that's kind of what I do and then I I just try to make all the different sports as fun as possible I just kind of I'll take some sports and I'll just tweak it to where it's not as threatening I guess and we just it's a lot more fun maybe it's a little bit more individualized for them and so that's that's what I do to try to kind of take that away from them they don't have to worry about failing PE class because they didn't make a shot or something like that so inevitably then when you're having those kind of games you're having to deal with cooperation you're having to deal with everybody working together as a team you're going to have conflict that comes up you're going to have maybe a kid that dropped the ball or maybe a kid that didn't pass it as fast as another one and those competitive natured kids are going to be real quick to jump up and and possibly get mad at the other kid or possibly try to point something out how do you deal with that? Because that's an important part of relationships as well of now there's a conflict. It's happened in my class because I'm watching it transpire as kid A is now mad at kid B. We've talked a little bit about restorative practice and some of that too in the podcast, but what are what are ways that you deal with that in the classroom that, that encourages building that relationship and recognizing the differences of each kid? Yeah, well, again, my first quarter is, is packed full of stuff. It's perseverance, you win some, you lose some. So we talk about teamwork, we talk about effort, we talk about being a good winner and a good loser because you win some, you lose some. Nobody wants to play with a sore winner, nobody wants to play with a sore loser. And so we, and I talk about that and make it very clear, like what does a sore winner look like? And that's somebody who brags, somebody who says that their team's better than the other team. And then sore loser is someone who makes excuses or blames the other team or blames somebody on their team and so we really talk about what those look like and and i put it on them like would you want to play with this person on if you go to the playground is that somebody you would pick to play with and nine times out of ten actually usually ten times out of ten they all agree no and so then we talk about well then we can't be that person so then now that we've talked about that anytime we're playing a team game anytime we're playing something like that i can go back to that and say if I, if I start to see something like that coming up, if I see a team that's starting to brag, they, hey, remember, you can be excited for your team. 
uh, but it's different once we shift and start putting down the other team. And That's remember, good. we don't want to be a sore winner. We don't want to be a sore loser. And usually that stops it right there. As far as conflict goes, if I don't see it, I tell them the only fair way is they have to play rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> and then they're not allowed to argue about it again. Otherwise, they both have to go sit down, and then we'll have a conversation about it. Usually they don't want to do that. So they're like, okay, we're rock, paper, scissors, and that's it. And so haven't had a huge issue with it. I mean, it's sports, so you're always going to have uh, some conflict in there. But it's been pretty easy to get them back just from me harping on it all the time, like saying, remember, we got to be a good sport. We don't want to be a sore winner. Nobody wants to play with that person. So usually that pretty much takes care of it. That's a really cool strategy. I like the rock, paper, scissors yeah. uh, to end the dispute. Uh, that <laughs> might work with some adults. It would. That, I, I think so. It would make the conflict look a lot more fun. Exactly. Uh, and resolution that, of yeah, it. exactly. It takes it back to a whole thing. It's like, okay, is this really worth playing rock, paper, scissors over? Like, we're wasting time in the game to do this. And sometimes they'll just agree. No, I'll just be, I'll be out or whatever. So That's fun. Well, it's very exciting to walk into Josh Counts's uh, gym class, and and I want to join almost every time I'm in there. I'm also a very competitive come person, on. so I, I do like to, to play those. And even the games that Josh himself has come up with, there's a couple that I don't know that I've seen kids play that I know you've come up with. Uh -huh. um, so I'm still waiting to see uh, some of those make it to the gym class. <laughs> And I love the idea of rock, paper, scissors to end a dispute. I think that's something that we could probably uh, apply uh, in the adult world mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. This is the Ignition Point. I'm your host, Kendall Terry, and this is Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast where every day we work to help students learn how to problem solve, critically think, collaborate, and use our life skills and lifelong guidelines. This has been a great conversation with Josh Counts about how we build relationships, even in our related arts class, especially in those sports buildings, learning that we uh, need to have a sense of humor, that we need to be intentional about everything that we do, even in a sport uh, that may be one that you've never seen before, that somebody just <laughs> made up, but everybody working together, cooperating, collaborating, and using that, that idea that I might not be good at this right now and I might fail, but that doesn't mean that this is the end. I can still go on, I can still learn, I can still grow, I can still get better uh, with a little bit more effort. I love that. If you wanna know more about Clayton Bradley Academy, you can find us on the website, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org. Schedule a visit on that website. You can uh, come see the campus, we'd love to have you. I hope you have a wonderful day.